Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast presented by the Denver Post. This is sports writer Kyle Newman, joined as usual by my colleague Ryan O'Halloran out here in Dove Valley. Broncos just concluded day 17 of training camp, and we're going to be talking about preseason game at Seattle on Saturday. Latest update on the quarterback battle between Locke and Bridgewater. Trinity Benson, the wideout trying to make the roster, and Lloyd Cushenberry, what the center is hoping to achieve in year two. So we'll start off with preseason game number two. Obviously opened up with a big win in Minnesota last week against basically the Viking scrubs. Can they build on it this week in Seattle? And who should fans expect to see out there, Ryan, in terms of regular guys? Well, I think, I think the Minnesota game was a positive sign regardless of who the Vikings played. The Broncos' twos and threes were better than their twos and threes. And when the Broncos had some ones in the game, they did what they should have done against a lesser competition. You know, moving ahead to Seattle, Vic Fangio said after practice on Thursday, you know, kind of, sort of, maybe, possibly, uh, you know, this percent chance, maybe, you know, we'll see, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I expect a lot of the starters to be out there for a spin against the Seahawks. You know, what we do know is Teddy Bridgewater is going to start at quarterback. I think that's the number one storyline. You know, Drew Locke made his statement last week with two touchdown passes. Now it's up for Teddy to not so much match that, but, hey, make his case. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens next week. I think Vic should name the quarterback uh, next Monday and start con- concerning himself with the Giants instead of playing this out where, you know, injuries could happen. You play the Rams. Do you really want to do that? Et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, overall, for the Broncos going into Seattle, this could be the only action for a bunch of frontline guys. And so they want to have some success, get into a rhythm, get tackled, get blocked, hit the quarterback, make a you know coverage play that tells them, hey, they're ready for week one. And the incumbent lock obviously got that first start in Minnesota, like you said, made good with it. To, to my eyes, he's ahead in the race now. Does Bridgewater need to press on Saturday? Does Bridgewater need to go above and beyond? Or, I mean, how does he make up that perceived ground between him and Locke at this point in the race? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know about Drew being ahead. I mean, I'm not. A, I'm not cool enough to be a member of the mafia where you know you're keeping score every day, you know, and make a mountain out of a molehill about guys getting pulled from practice when it's actually a helmet speaker problem. But I'll digress on that. If if you're Teddy and you press that's how you make mistakes so he's a veteran enough guy to say hey I have to make the plays that are there there are going to be different plays that are called for Drew Locke there's not going to be a 50 to 60 yard go route for Teddy Bridgewater most likely so don't turn it over convert on third down get his team into the end zone when they're in the red zone and that's the kind of statement Bridgewater can make final thing on quarterbacks before we move to discussing Trinity Benson and Lloyd Cushenberry to close the show you know we've often talked about how Teddy is is the safer choice for coach Vic Fangio you know the guy who maybe if you're looking at that September schedule you don't want to get out of the blocks slow again you can ill afford to do that maybe you go with Teddy now if you go with Teddy in week one though Ryan could you go back and forth could you go back to Drew or without seriously damaging the, the confidence and the integrity of his season well if you're concerned about Locke how he would handle losing the job then he's the wrong guy anyways uh, because two quarterbacks are going to start this year. That's just the way of life in the NFL. Um, you know, you, uh, Maybe three, Mr. Brett Rippin, or Rippian, as Fangio uh, calls him. He'll get his name down eventually, right? emergency, break the glass, and it's Brett Rippin. Um, you know, if, if Teddy starts week one and they got to go to Drew in week five, I don't expect that to be a problem. You know, my line of thinking would be that Bridgewater starts the season because of the opponents. Hey, 
they have a defense they feel can stop anybody, get out of there, win, you know, get off to a fast start. Maybe on the flip side, you feel like, okay, you can overcome some of Drew Locke's mistakes if he does make them and still win the game. So I think from Vic Fangio's standpoint and Pat Shermer and Mike Shula, the decision makers is, okay, the company line, who gives you the best chance against the Giants? Okay, great. Who's, who's going to give you the best chance to avoid 0-3 and 0-4? And is it a Teddy Bridgewater who is a nickel and dime you down the field, death by a thousand paper cuts? Or is it a Drew Locke who clearly is better going downfield but may keep both teams in the game? First in Orange Podcast, that's Ryan O'Halloran. This is Kyle Newman out here after Broncos practice, just talking shop. And we'll move on here to a bubble guy, Trinity Benson, third year wide out. And he signed with the Broncos, undrafted college free agent out of Division II a couple years ago. He spent the last two years on the practice squad. But, Ryan, he's been pretty consistent in camp. Catch just about every day, multiple catches, uh, many days. And then on Saturday in Minnesota, two touchdowns, four catches overall. But like he said, he's got to keep it up. And Vic said as much, too, for a guy who's trying to make the the roster in a stacked wide receiver room where, you know, four or five spots are already guaranteed from that room. Yeah, I mean, you keep six receivers, you know, Sutton, Judy, Hamler, Patrick, you know, four locks. Where things get interesting is what do you do with Deontay Spencer, who's been in and out of practice with a knee injury, did not play against Minnesota. If you feel that he brings enough value as strictly a returner, then he's your fifth guy. That means your sixth guy is Tyree Cleveland, Trinity Benson. I don't think Kendall Hinton is in that mix right now. I don't think Seth Williams is in that mix right now. I think those are practice squad candidates. That sixth receiver is traditionally going to be inactive on game day. So uh, you have to make a decision. Is it the guy with Tyree who maybe did some stuff on special teams last year, or is it a kid like Benson who has made his mark in the first preseason game and throughout practice? Tough call. You know, if, if the GM drafted Tyree Cleveland, I say you lean toward the draft pick. George Payton did not draft Tyree Cleveland. Benson, a little undersized at six foot 180, but he's made up for that in camp with sure hands and, and some good wheels, too. If he's 180, I'm 210. I don't think he's 180. So the depth chart might be lying a little bit here. Yeah, and how many I, pairs I, of shoulder pads was he wearing at that point? Yeah, so he's listed six foot 180. We'll go 5'11", 170. Yeah, and I think Vic made a good point about Benson the other day is, hey, the effort's always going to be there. That's non-negotiable. you got to be able to stack games now. Stacking practices is one thing. To be able to rebound against Seattle excuse me, build on what you did against Minnesota, against Seattle. That's the key for Benson. That separates guys who are on the practice squad and guys who are on the initial 53. So another huge game for Trinity Benson coming up on Saturday in Seattle. He'll surely see lots of reps as he's trying to make his mark once again. First Orange podcast presented by the Denver Post. This is Kyle Newman alongside Ryan O'Halloran. We're close the show here talking second-year center Lloyd Cushenberry. Up and down year last year, Ryan, but he came on strong in the second half. There was scuttlebutt of a potential center competition entering training camp. Uh, that never amounted amount, to much. Quinn Miners not up to snuff there. Lloyd Cushenberry, the job is his heading into week one. How does he continue to grow and improve and try and become that pillar in the center of the line the Broncos are hoping for? Well, there's two ways a guy like him can take competition being added. You, you sulk or you make it a wake-up call and get motivated. He's doing the wake up call and get motivated as he said a couple times last year was unacceptable he goes I can make excuses for no offseason program no TAs he goes those are excuses I'm not going to do that I asked him last week in Minnesota I said how surprised are you to be taking every first team snap he says I thought they were going to split it up 
but he got off to a good start. Miners has got some issues with the snaps. It's probably best that they start working him at guard, which they have been. So, I mean, Vic hasn't totally announced it, but, you know, Lloyd uh, is your week one center, and that leaves right tackle between Anderson and Massey really as the uh, last position non-quarterback up for grabs, I think, in the uh, with every position, offense and defense. And at guard, Natani Mute and Quinn Miners have been getting some reps uh, behind Glasgow and Reisner, but Vic Fangio said Glasgow yeah, and Reisner the are the starters. That's just the manager snaps a little bit. Get them in there with Cushenberry uh, in case they do have to play. First and Orange podcast, Kyle Noom alongside Ryan O'Halloran. Appreciate you listening in to today's show. Be sure to head to denverpost.com slash Broncos for continued coverage of the team and, of course, coverage of Saturday's preseason game in Seattle. Till next time, folks, take it easy.